Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Wow, how good is God, huh? It has been, I will not lie, it's been a very big wrestle for me this week in the lead up to today, purely for myself. The wrestle to push the flesh aside, to allow myself to hear the voice of God and not allow the things around me to dictate or direct my focus or attention. Um, And sometimes it's very difficult. Um, But the beautiful thing about God is it's okay. It's okay to wrestle and it's okay to be honest in that because we don't need to stand alone. We've been talking about being called to more. So I'm going to share a bit this morning about being called to more, but we're not called out alone. We're called out in community. We're called out with people. We're not called out to do the same thing all the time. We're not called out to run in somebody else's lane. We're called to run in our lane, but we're called to run together and not alone. So I'd just love to jump straight in. You know what? No, I'm going to pray first. But, you know, Father God, I just thank you that you are good. Father, I just stand here ready and willing to just be used by you. May you fill my mouth with your words. May they speak to your people. May they speak again and again into my heart. And may we hear you, know you, and may we lean into you. And may we step into everything that you are calling us to and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. So in Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd, some translations say cloud, of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting Him, He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now He is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility He endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. The first thing that jumps out to me in this is that we're surrounded by a crowd or a cloud. And the beautiful thing is if you read in Hebrews 11, it talks about all the different people that have gone before us. People that have gone before us and are no longer here. People that have gone before us but may have stepped into a different season of their life. And then there's the people that are literally side by side with us. It's a position of knowing that in life, and in ministry, and in the day-to-day, we are not alone. They were called into more, but we have people that have gone before us and set the example in the toughness, in the highs, in the lows, in the joys, in the emptiness, that we are not alone, that it is not always easy to push through, but the beautiful thing that is that as we do, we grow, we flourish, and we stretch in that. So Jesus invites us into more. And as we go into more with Him, as we journey with Him, our life is transformed. You cannot 
encounter God and stay in the same position. If you encounter God and you stay in the same position, my question to be, are you really hearing God? Or are you hearing yourself, what you believe God should be or who you think He is to you? Or are you taking that step back and emptying yourself and saying, God, who are you? Reveal yourself to me and lead me in that. And in that comes transformation. So in races, sporting events, you know, you go to the cricket, you go to the rugby, you know, whether you're in front of a TV screen or in the crowd, the, the, the atmosphere is intense, it's vibrant, it's people cheering each other on. And so whenever I read this, you know, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. That's what I imagine. That's what I see is the people in the grandstand that are like, yes, you can do it, come on. When you kick those goals, they're cheering for you. When you miss it, they're like, oh, but it's okay, keep going. But it's that intentionality of not sitting to the side and being quiet, but going, no, I'm here and I'm going to get caught up in the excitement. I'm going to be a part of this and I'm going to cheer them on so that they can succeed in all that they do. So Jesus begins his ministry after spending time in the wilderness, being tempted, being challenged, being brought down, being broken. He starts his ministry by inviting people to come along with him. In Matthew 4, verse 18 to 22, it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So the nets there, they required repairing a lot because they were very fibrous and you had to dry them out, you had to repair them. Um, And they had different nets for different things, depending on what they were aiming to catch. But there was the intentionality that they had to stop and repair, they had to work on. But Jesus called to them and said, come with me. And they did not hesitate. They didn't say, but I have to finish repairing, I have to finish doing this. They went straight out, left what they were doing, left their father and said, yes, let's go. They wanted to be a part of what Jesus was doing. Jesus was calling them to come, to journey with Him, to learn from Him, to learn from Him directly, to be a part of what God was doing. Then we see, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that trips us up. So we we are participants in our journey with God. It isn't just we show up here and then God comes and everything else gets done. It's we have to engage, we have to participate willingly. Just as, just as Jen was sharing about being a cheerful giver, that is willingness. We have to intentionally choose to go, okay, God, maybe I'm in a stuck space, but I know that as I give this willingly and knowing that you are good, you are going to use it for all that I need and for all that others need as well. And intentionally putting that forward. So remove the hindrances. So 
the context of the day in the Greek, um, in, in running a race, was a foot race at the Greek Olympics. Now, the Greek Olympics at the time was men only, and they used to run the foot race butt naked. So they'd literally removed everything, every hindrance that would slow them down. It's, it's in the word. I'm not adding it, you know, that's what it says. But it's that intentionality of taking what is weighing, what is weighing, what's slowing you down. Like when you run, when you watch the runners, when you watch the people cycling in the Olympics, now it's like this, you know, really tight lycra thing, but it's the intentionality so that they can cut through the air, not to be dragged back or held back, but to cut through. And so it's the intentionality of going, okay, what have I got on me that needs to come off? What is holding me back? How am I holding myself back? What am I doing, God? What is in me that's holding me back from pushing into You? What is holding me back from engaging in Your presence? What is holding me back from sharing Your goodness and grace with those around me? So if Simon, Andrew, James and John had brought their nets with them, even their father, it would have slowed them down because there wasn't a purpose for those with what God was calling them to do. Because to, to be fishers of men isn't to go and get a net and, or a lasso, you know, wrap it around somebody, pull them in. The intentionality is to engage with people, to journey with people, to share the love of God with people. And as God captures their heart, stand alongside so that they know that they're not having to do it alone. That we're not called to have a perfect life, but in life we're being perfected. That we're called to journey, not alone not alone. And I understand, you know, my personality naturally is very, very much people. I'm very extroverted. I love being with people. But I know that there's times that I require for myself to be alone, that I need to take time out, that I need to step aside and sit and just be with God. And that's that intentionality of me choosing to engage and not surround myself with people to distract me. The last couple of weeks, I've uh, been going to my son's cricket games. Now, I never in my wildest dreams ever thought I would be a cricket mum, ever. Basketball, maybe, never thought I'd be a cricket mum. I have learnt so much over the last three to four years that Liam has been playing cricket. A lot of stuff about myself, a lot of stuff about my son, and more importantly about the game and how it's played, the strategy and all the different things behind it. And because we have the two younger ones, I don't always get to go. And so Chris and I decided to tag team we're almost at the end of the season, to watch, to cheer on, to cheer on my son as he plays a game that he really loves. He really loves cricket. And so as I went, not yesterday, but last week, our coach was unwell, so he was at home, but our assistant coach stepped up and was like, right, I'm here, we know what the plan is, we're going to go, we're going to do this. And the boys went out on the field and they played phenomenally, they won the game. Fantastic. Yeah, give him a clap. Well done. <laughs> but at the same time, I sat there with the other parents from his team and looked over to the left-hand side of us where the parents of the other team sat, 
Now their coach was sick as well and wasn't there. They didn't have an assistant coach, but not one single parent stepped up to say, hey, let me lead the team. Let's, let's gather you guys together. Let's cheer you on, cheer you on. I sat there and listened. As these boys tore each other apart, when this young bowler bowled a ball and it went a bit wide and he was walking back to his position to get going again and he had a boy to the side of him just tear and shreds off him. And then I turn and I look at our team and they miss a ball and they're like, you know what, it's okay, you got this, shake it off, you can do it. They cheered him on. They cheered them on. And it shifts the game. But this team, they gave up their fight. They gave up their fight and they lost the game. They lost the game considerably when it didn't need to be that way. All they needed was for somebody on the sideline to say, okay, I'm going to rally you. I'm going to come alongside you and cheer you on. I'm not going to let you pull each other down. You know, call it out to the kids. Pull your socks up. Stop, stop you know, tearing, tearing shreds off this, this child but actually standing up and going, hey, this is not who we are. We are a team and we build and we move forward together and encouraging. So as, a, as parents, we sat on the sideline and all the boys that were in front of us fielding for this other team, whenever they were downcast, we just called out to encourage them. That was great fielding, you know, just to encourage them because all they needed was somebody to tell them that it's okay and to keep going, that they can do it. They can still push through and keep going. So yes, I do love cricket now. <laughs> One more week and then we're in the semis. <laughs> so let us run. The foot race in the Greek games was one of the biggest and most significant. So it was a long, I'm not going to go into the weird names that they had for it. It's long. It's like about 500, they started about 500 metres and they can go up to about 1,500 metres. It would have been weird to actually see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. But the incredible thing is when you, when you look at how, how a runner starts their race, they start their race getting into position they're getting ready. Sometimes, depending on the race, how far it is, they'll start standing up or they'll start getting down ready on their hands, but their face is down because they're speaking to themselves. They're taking that deep breath. They're, go, they're, they're picturing the finish line. They can't necessarily see it when they look up, but they know it's coming and they're picturing it in their mind. When I, when it, when I hear that, I go. When I hear that, I go, waiting for the gun to go off but it required stamina and endurance. Stamina and endurance, and sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes it's easier to throw in the towel and say, I'm just too tired, I've had enough. But it's in those moments where we have to push through to increase our endurance and our stamina in that and to see what God brings out of that. So endurance is the ability to endure an unpleasant, or difficult process or situation without giving way, without giving up, so choosing to stand, or the capacity of something to last or withstand wear and tear. So it enables you to stand against things 
as they come without getting rough around the edges, without seeing the marks of it, but being able to go, no, I've pushed through. I've engaged with the Lord, I've pushed through and here I stand. Racing, well, biblical racing is not competitive in nature. As you would see in the Olympics and things like that, people get ready to race. They're intentionally racing against each other. They want to outdo, they want to outbid, they want to win. Racing within the community of believers is about running in your lane, knowing the gifts that God has put on you, what He has called you to, and being able to look to the person beside you and cheer them on and go, yes, we can do this. If you run in your lane and I run in my lane and we... Encourage each other to push forward, we can accomplish anything. The intentionality of not trying to stick your foot out and trip the other person up or to kind of go, well, maybe I can do that a little bit better so I'm going to nudge into your lane for a bit. But to go, no, this is what God has called me to do. God has positioned me right here. It's what He's called me to do and I'm going to cheer you on. It also enables us to be able to run side by side with people so that when they trip up, when they get weary, when their arms start coming down, that we can still be running alongside them and say, it's okay, I've got you. You can do this, I'm here, let me hold up your arms, let me encourage you, let me speak life into you. So how do we run a race with endurance? We fix our eyes on Jesus. And it says in here, We fix our eyes on Jesus who initiates by invitation and then perfects through our journey of faith. So He gives us an invitation. He doesn't demand. He doesn't command us. He didn't say to the brothers, if you want, come and follow me. He just said, come. The choice was theirs as to whether they left what they were doing or whether they chose to bring some of what they were doing. But he gave the opportunity and said, come, follow me. I will teach you. I will lead you. I will cheer you on. But we come together. I'll just invite the worship team to come up, thanks. Our journey of faith is one done together. We don't walk alone. We don't run alone. We don't stand alone. And it's in the hardest moments when we tend to want to withdraw is where we need to reach out the most. To reach out to say, I can't do this. I'm struggling. I'm wrestling. I wrestle with my heart a lot. I wrestle, I wrestle. But it's okay. To reach out and to say, can you stand with me while I wrestle? Can you uphold my arms? Can you pray with me? Can you just sit with me? Sometimes when you are battling or you're wrestling, you just need somebody to go, hey, let's have a coffee and just sit. Don't need to say anything, just sit, just be. And then in that, God brings revelation. He brings joy, He brings strength. I do love that, that joy, joy. So as we journey together, it enables us to cheer on, to endure, to build that endurance, encourage, lift each other up and to speak life, to speak life, to cheer people on.
hey, we're not here to do it alone. So maybe this morning you're here and you've been running your race, but your eyes are downcast. You look at the situation around you and you carry the burden of fear or sadness or distraction. What are you fixing your eyes on? What are you fixing your eyes on? As we position ourselves ready to move, first thing we need to do is look up. So if you are here this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you never made a choice to fix your eyes on Him, to lean into Him or to journey with people, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that because I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to talk with you. And I'd love to see how we can journey together. Because the beautiful thing is, Jesus doesn't want to leave us where we're at. He wants to bring us on a journey with Him. So I just invite you now, if you'd love to just make that decision and you haven't already, just put pop your hand up just so I know who I'm praying with. And it's okay if you don't feel that you can. It's okay if you choose not to. But if you have a friend next to you, ask them the question. Ask them the question, what are you fixing your eyes on? Are you fixing your eyes on Jesus? The one who invites and the one who perfects along the journey, who grows our faith as we seek and lean into Him. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.